You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Good morning, Queen City Church. We're back with you. I'm Andy Squires, and I'm here with our good friend, Robin McMillan. Hey, Robin. Hey, Andy. How you doing? I, you know, I'm doing well now. I... You know, as I we discussed uh, last week, I I I did have a little moment of hitting the wall. Oh yeah, and wow. I, you mentioned a, a bad night or two or something like that. Well, you know, I have had what I call like a gift of a grace or a gift of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had uh, one really rough night, mm-hmm. and one morning waking up where I thought. Man, what's the day going to bring here? Yeah, but I've learned a lot of times over the years how to to sort of adjust. And um, you know, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you better have gotten some skills. And yeah, but one of the things, honestly, as I I talk about, you know, what one of the things you need to realize? Tell me. The longer you're a Christian, does not excuse you from still tanking and messing up. It's true, you know, because it's all by grace. Yeah, it's not by how many years you've known the Lord. It's mm-hmm. really right back to basics. That's right, right back to basics. So just just because you've been around for a while doesn't mean you you don't need the fundamentals. No, you still need grace. No, you have to have them. <laughs> yeah, it's the fundamentals that uh, make you who you are as a believer. I'm I'm I really I know that to be true. Over I these mean, years. yeah. I had a friend text me this week who said, you know. I know this should feel like vacation at home with my wife and kids, but I'm just, I'm just going crazy this week. And I, when he said that to me, I said, you know what? I I had that feeling this week too. You know, just you start getting cabin fever and, you know, you start having to find different ways of enduring. We're going to yeah. talk a little bit about endurance today, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think that's important. Well, Robin and I hope that, Y'all are doing well. We, we've been discussing, as, as I'm sure most of you have with friends and family, just um, continually working out our salvation, so to speak, in this very unique moment. And uh, we're going to kind of cover again some of the things that we've been talking about, especially early on, because Robin and I thought that it would just be good to reiterate some of the things that we've been talking about on how to stay encouraged in this time. Yes. So Robin, thinking back to kind of some of the early days of the pandemic, you were looking backwards even to late 2020 and you were realizing some of the things that the Lord had been speaking to you we're really yes. in preparation. It seems like preparing us to make it through this moment. Right. And I remember you using this phrase that the Lord gave you, uh, spiritual disorientation. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us again what that is and what that looks like? Yeah, I will. Um, see, I, I had looked all the way back to, once this kicked into gear mm-hmm. and once people felt the weight of it, I began to think back to some messages the Lord had given me for the church back even to like November, December. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, of 
2019. 2019. Yeah. And one of them was a series on being thankful. Mm-hmm. And one of them, when I say a series, two or three weeks, and one of them was on spiritual disorientation that um, came out of the death of Kobe Bryant in that helicopter. Mm. And to to try to make sense of all this, how you get from uh, Kobe's death to, to, to the topic at hand, um, that helicopter that crashed was actually accelerating when it hit the ground, mm-hmm. which meant... The pilot had a condition called spatial disorientation. And spatial disorientation for a pilot is when you lose your bearings, which means you lose a visual sight of the horizon. Mm -hmm. Your inner ear, which is the part of you that gives you your sense of balance. And for a pilot, it helps them with uh, airspeed, altitude, and attitude. Um. They can no longer uh, go by it. Wow. They can't trust their gut feeling when they begin to have what's called spatial disorientation. And um, having known some pilots and having a really close friend that's been a very good pilot, has his own plane, he told me years ago, um, 100% of the pilots wreck their planes who have spatial disorientation and they don't go by their instruments or um, like a voice from the tower that can tell them where they are and how they're doing. So if they're only relying on what they see, right? It's guaranteed failure. Guaranteed, you're gonna you're gonna crash. Wow. Like John Kennedy, he didn't have his instrument ratings. Uh, John Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. when he wrecked his plane off the coast of uh, off yeah. of Cape Cod, mm-hmm. he thought he was going up. He was going down because there's this hairs and follicles and stuff inside your inner ear that gives you the sense yeah. of, of reality. Yeah. And so there are times when you can lose the sense of reality flying a plane that's called spatial disorientation. And it made me think of a spiritual application, which I would call um, just spiritual disorientation. Right. And having been through some seasons in the past of my own spiritual disorientation, which comes through um, a huge change of circumstance or a huge uh, disappointment or some kind of a painful experience, mm-hmm. you can become spiritually disoriented. You can become depressed. You can become confused. And honestly, if you don't know how to deal with it, you can crash too. Yeah. Well, and I really want folks to make sure to hear this because I know we've already talked about this, but I feel like I need to hear this more three months into this than when we originally covered this topic of spiritual disorientation. Looking backwards, you and I were talking earlier about habits that keep people, like that keep us. And I would say for me personally, going to church every Sunday morning is a spiritual practice that has kept it's been one of my bearings. It has kept me. Right. It has kept right. me out of confusion and it's kept me in, you know, encouragement. So that component isn't there. Now we, we have some substitutes. Like we've got this podcast. We've got our, our live stream that we do on Sunday mornings. Uh, but for some reason that doesn't quite tick that box of that actual yeah. church gathering. There's right. something so powerful to that gathering together. So 
I'm saying all that to say, wow, I'm having to learn how to gather my orientation in a different way Mm -hmm. because I can't see the horizon of my church family on Sunday mornings. I'm having to trust the instrument panel, trust the guy in the, in the tower. Um, Well, to me, the instrument panel, Andy, is the scriptures. Okay. Because an instrument panel in an airplane is going to tell you exactly what's real, no matter how you feel. That's interesting. Yeah. And feelings are fleeting. Yeah. They really are. They're fleeting. Mm. I think you go by them when they're good. You question yourself when you're bad. You need to fig- you figure out why why yeah. your feelings have tanked. Yeah. And um, I can remember one of the most disorienting times in my life was when my kids were little. And um, I had been involved in a church for close to 10 years. And all my hopes and dreams in that church just sort of uh, evaporated. Mm. And the way I felt was I didn't want to read my Bible. Mm. I didn't want to go to church. And I'll tell you, the reason I went to church was because I knew what the Bible said. Mm. And the Bible said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some are. Right. And I realized there is, um, there is a, there is a preserving influence simply by the basics of humbling yourself and gathering together. Yeah. Now it's not enough. Right. It's not enough. Right. Because there are other insights, revelations and truths you need to have on hand. Yeah. Because you, you, my um my goal in life is not to survive. That's right. It's to thrive. That's right. But you're not going to thrive if you don't know how to survive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I looked at my children and I thought, am I going to raise my kids without an influence, influence of the Lord and the scripture and the church? Um, just because uh, I may have uh, failed or just because the thing I was put my hope in didn't work, um, that does not make... God not real, the Bible not true, and the things that we should do mm-hmm. to be the things that we should do. Mm-hmm. See, one of the things I thought about too, Andy, is you almost can't take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. in situations like this because mm-hmm. situations like this, um, the worst can come out in you. I mean, sure, it, it, it's right there. And, and really the joy of the Lord is our strength. I thought about this story um, this morning about Joe Montana. Joe Montana was quarterback for the 49ers. Oh, yeah, I know him well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they were playing this football game in the Super Bowl. I think it was 23 against um, Cincinnati Bengals, and they were down by three points with uh, three minutes to go, and they're on their eight, own eight-yard line, and there was um, a TV timeout, which takes a pretty good while. So Joe Montana talks to his coach. He comes back to the huddle, and he's standing there, and he says to one of his players, he says to his tackle, hey, Look, there's John Candy. That was a comedian. A comedian, you know. yeah. <laughs> and the guy's going, we're in a football. Don't yeah. you know what's going on? Well, he knew what was going on. Yeah. And he knew you have to, you have to dial it down a little bit. Yeah. And understand being nervous is not going to make this thing work not better. Not going to serve you well. We got to get back to what we know to do and just do that. Yeah. That's so good. Um, so, as I mentioned before, uh, you and I have each had these moments of hitting the wall during this season. Happy to report that 
I, uh, I had my moment and I'm, I'm doing well now, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, <clears throat> so sometimes it really does feel though, like discouragement is winning the battle of encouragement, right? You know, like, uh, well, while this is on my mind, uh, I'd, I would like to say before I ask you this next question, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about not being able to meet as a church. Yeah. And so we're having to rely on these other things. I was talking to a friend yesterday who uh, he said to me that he has been reading his Bible and praying every day on a morning walk. He's just made this habit to pray and then he'll have his he'll have his phone out and he'll just read a scripture or two and then meditate on right. that. And he said he hasn't done that faithfully in 10 years. Wow. And I thought, wow, what a remarkable moment because yeah. here there's been a subtraction in an area of his life, but he's because of it he's developed other muscles that have yeah. been not in wow. use. And I thought, wow, that's profound. So it was it, it was actually a real encouragement to me cuz you know, you and I are both vocational ministers. And so we're always going to the Bible to either teach or preach or, you know, all, all the different reasons that people in ministry do that. Yeah. But, but you can tend to sometimes forget to feed your own soul. And this friend of mine is also in ministry and he was saying, man, I've just, I've had such a revolution in my own personal walk with the Lord just from this practices of just spending time yeah. in the word and in prayer. And so I'm probably answering the question, but why don't, why don't you talk a little bit, Robin, about how to stay encouraged when it seems like everything that we're yeah. facing is so discouraging? Well, you know, talking about um, reading the Bible because we have to speak or preach or teach there are times I've had to actually say out loud, Lord, I'm coming to the scripture today for no other reason than you. Wow. Yeah. No other reason. I'm not trying to get something yep. because I have to do something. I just, I just want this for you and for me and for this to build me up and yeah. just, just relationally, just for yeah. you and I. Amen. And, um, so when I think about being, uh, about encouragement, a friend of mine has said there's nothing more vital or stronger in the world than an encouraged church. Wow. And so if you sort of look back at a lot of what I've preached over the years, it's almost all more encouragement based than direction or correction or mm. it's trying to tell people the things I've learned that would help them. Yeah. And one of the things I know that has helped me is when Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow. Mm. And there's a whole lot more that he says there in Matthew 6 that, that's vital. But um, this is the only day we have to live. And when you project the future and, and you're projecting something that's not uh, that's that's complicated or difficult, it hurts you. Yeah. And it hurts you because you're not made to do that. Yeah. You're not made for that. You're made to live today. And of course, there's all kind of verses. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. So one of the things about standing courage is live one day at a time. Mm. Don't take on more than you, you uh, should take. Mm. 
Um, another thing, and this is part of what we spent, I uh, spent time teaching was on Thanksgiving, being thankful. And um, there, there is something so vital in being thankful. Actually, mm-hmm. we read that book, Ann Voskamp's uh, A Thousand Gifts About yeah. Being Grateful. One of the points she makes, and I hadn't really pieced this together in my mind, was that when the devil tempted Adam and Eve, what he actually tempted with the, with uh, them with was ingratitude. Mm-hmm. God's holding out on you. Mm-hmm. When the truth was, God had given them everything they needed plus. Right. And so they tanked. Mm-hmm. They failed. Um, then there's this thing about Psalm 103. It's, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And here's the key. And forget not all of his benefits. Mm. And then it begins to outline his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, forgiveness of sin, mm-hmm. who heals all your diseases. Now, that's one we struggle with. Nevertheless, that's one of the benefits. And at some point, I think all of us have to deal with the fact that will God actually heal me? Mm. Well, he wants to. I don't know sometimes how that does or doesn't work. Nevertheless, mm. there it is. Sure. Who um, redeems your life from destruction. Um, who who crowns you, covers your mind with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's the love of God. Matter of fact, if I had to say one particular thing, if I had to, only, if I could only say one thing that helps me be encouraged, is the fact that God loves me. Yeah, that God loves me. All these other things, yes, but if I had to narrow it down to one, uh, that's what I would do. And then it talks about Him actually renewing your youth, which means. Um, one of the translations says he fetches back your vitality. So being grateful, remembering his benefits. Um, I think too about David, you know, David encouraged himself. I think sometimes you have to talk to, talk to yourself. Sure. I, I, I think we've lost something in this particular, um, generation I'm using the word generation loosely, which is confession of the scripture, Mm -hmm. simply faith confession. What does the Bible have to say? Well, here's one thing it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So is that what you say? Or is I can't do this, this is never going to work? Or is that what you say? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible makes a clear connection between what you experience and encounter and what you believe and say. Mm. But I think we have gotten away from some of that because some some of the extremes. Nevertheless, that is a very vital biblical truth. I think that you, you know, you when you first started talking about thankfulness and um you know, there I think you mentioned the Israelites and their lack of perspective on what they had and didn't have, you know. Uh I have uh I'm a fisherman and when you're out on the water, you, you're always trying to protect yourself from the sun because it's, it's, it's shining from above you. And then it's, it's, it's reflecting off the water. So you're always wearing sunglasses. Well, uh, among other things, but I had a revelation one day because I was fishing with a friend and he, he said, Hey, look at that bass right there. And I, and I was looking into the water and I, and I said, what are you talking about? Mm. I don't see anything. He said, well, what kind of sunglasses are you wearing, son? And I said, I don't know. They're just sunglasses. He said, here, try mine. He gave me a pair of polarized sunglasses. Uh. 
I could see swarms of fish. Those fish were always there, but my, my perspective wow. changed and I could oh, yeah. see them. I could see everything that was there. It was always there, but I could finally see it because my, my filter had changed. Yeah. And I've been wow. thinking about how, how important our perspective or the filters that we see life through really do affect the way that we feel. Exactly. You know? And so I, I just, exactly. am, I'm, you know, you said, if there's one thing that I know of all this, it's that God loves me. And I think that a lot of people know that in their mind. They know that as a fact. But what I think I hear you saying is you, you don't know, like I was blind as a bat. I knew there was fish in that river. I just didn't see them. But what you're talking about is knowing it and yeah. seeing it. Cause yeah. when you see it, man, you get excited. You, you oh, start to feel better. You feel it. You feel it, you know, and that's why dwelling on those scriptures is so important because yeah. what it causes you to do is it opens your heart to be able to see God's love in your life. Yeah. You oh. know, you can start pinpointing all those things that he's really done for you. Yeah. Well, one of the things this is, this next story makes me look really stupid, but it is what it is. A lot of times, years gone by, I would rush out of the house. I would have uh, books in one hand, something in the other. I'd be looking for my keys, and I'd be in a rush. One time, I'd literally have my keys in my mouth. Right. Looking for my keys. Yeah. And I didn't realize as I was looking for them until I swung and they hit me in the cheek. That's amazing. And I said, Lord, what in the world? Yeah. <clears throat> he said, Robin, the keys in your mouth. Mm-hmm. See, we don't know what we have. Mm. Our bank account, our wealth in Christ Jesus, the book of Ephesians makes this huge point, is massive. Mm. We don't know what we have, and so we don't know what to say about what we have. Right. Do Can we really have um, uh, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ yeah. Jesus? Can we access that? Yeah. Well, the answer has to be yes, <clears throat> but the challenge is the life pursuit. Mm. I mean, you saw those. So you went through three things. You saw the water. You saw no bass. Yeah. You saw the water. Then you saw the bass. Yeah. Guess what? You still haven't caught a bass. Right. Yeah. You got to cast. Yeah. You got to go for it. It's you true. got to get involved mm. in, in, in the realm of catching fish. Yeah. And that's what it is to be a believer. You can't be an armchair believer. That's you right. can't just have opinions. You got to get into the thick of it. Yeah. You got to get into a place where you need God. And if God doesn't show up, this is not going to work. And when you, you know, when you go through some of that and he shows up, it makes a huge difference in your life. Years ago, it was Becky Wicker. Mm. She told me about this encounter, uh, where she knew God loved her. And it, it, it challenged me. Mm. If somebody would have said, um, does God love you? I could have answered the question right. Yeah. And I had been saved a good number of years until I realized I didn't know that deep, deep, deep. Yeah. To where it wasn't a question. Yeah. Where it wasn't, when it was, it, something happened, does God mad at me or, or, or something right. like that? Um, I have other ideas here. I don't know if you want to get into them. Well, let's, uh, let's keep moving forward yeah. into this, this next question. Uh, because 
I think one of the themes that's running through what we're talking about today is this idea of, of endurance. Right. You know, you've mentioned you've been saved for many years and you've mentioned that, uh, you've had to learn how to endure. Like you don't get up in the morning and or as a new believer and just automatically know that, no. uh, it, I think that some of the things that we attain in Christ, uh, like you were just saying, these things don't happen automatically. No. We have to engage That's right. with this stuff, That's right? right? That's right. And so I, I've been thinking about, uh, back, back to my, one of my initial ideas of today. Uh, we've, we've had this Sunday church service thing subtracted out of our lives. And we've had to learn to rely on other things more. We've had to learn how to endure. And I want to talk a little yeah. bit about that word endurance because I think that for many American Christians, especially, we haven't really suffered like, and I, I use that word suffering very loosely. You're I right. recognize that right. we are all very, we're all in many of us, most of us hopefully are enjoying three meals a day still and have a roof over our head. Uh, but nevertheless, we're in a moment where we're being squeezed. There's some pressure happening. Right. And it's happening over not just days, but weeks and it's turning into months. months. Yeah. And so I've, I've often been thinking about endurance. How to endure. One of my favorite stories out of history is the, is the story of, uh, the, the explorer, the polar explorer Shackleton, mm. whose ship, the endurance got stuck in the ice. He and his men were trapped for over a year on the ice Gosh. and he successfully got them all back to safety. And it's one of the greatest endurance stories in mm. history, but I've always been in, been fascinated about how people endure in pressure situations. And can you, Robin, just talk to us about you? You're a big faith guy, but I know there's the scripture in uh, Hebrews that connects faith and patience. And patience. That's right. Faith and patience. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. <laughs> I'm, I always want the faith that gets that That's thing right. to, that answer to come right away. <laughs> well, one of the questions is, how do you develop patience? Yes. There's a scary answer. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Tribulation. Wow. Works patience. Tribulation. Actually, works it says patience. tribulation works patience. Another translation, tribulation works endurance. Mm. And so what happens I never pray for patience. Yeah. I don't ask for it. No. I'm just going to do the best I can because I don't want to invite any more yeah. difficulty. That's a yeah. little bit of a, a side joke. But um, I had a job I hated mm. for seven years and complained about it. And what I didn't realize was I was in a job for seven years to learn one lesson. Mm. And it was to stop complaining. Okay. Now, there were other things that happened, but if I look yeah. back at that period of my life, it was to understand what happens when we complain, which means we're impatient. Right. And I read a book, and one of the things the book said was that because of the 
um, children of Israel's complaint in the wilderness, they died there. Mm. And the guy wrote this book said, until you master complaint, you will die in your wilderness. Wow. Well, that's pretty severe. Yeah. But the only problem is what if it's true? Mm. If it's true, I better take this to heart. Mm. And see, one thing, Andy, a lot of people don't, don't bring into account is the fear of the Lord. Mm. He doesn't have to do anything for us. He doesn't know us a thing. He doesn't. Yeah. And, and so if it's important to him, it must be important to me, whether I know it or not, mm. that I learn how not to spend a life complaining. Yeah. And here's the thing I've learned. Many of the lessons I've learned that I didn't like, I had to learn because until I had that on board, what I was going to do in my future I would fail at because I hadn't learned the lessons. Right. And the thing about impatience is if you're impatient and you complain, you can make rash decisions. You can tank your own destiny. Yeah. Out of, out of simple impatience. What's so fascinating hearing your story, Robin, is that I believe that it was seven years, but there was some kind of formational aspect in that seven years yeah. of you learning that lesson. Am I right? You're right. I had to endure things I didn't like because I knew I was supposed to be doing them, but I knew there was something else I couldn't get to. Yes. And I, if the children of Israel had adjusted to the Lord the way they, they um, could have, that 40 years was a 40-day journey. Yeah. But they right. just didn't didn't do that. Now, yeah. you know, that that can be a little bit negative, but yes, there was a formation in in those years. So the 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 lesson that I I feel like I'm taking from this is that you know, you and I have said this in this podcast before, we do not believe that God is the author of things like a virus no, that we are, we're right. not, we are not putting that on him. But what I, what I'm really starting to see again, I've seen this before in my life, but I'm seeing it again, that even in this moment, what feels like subtraction to the body of Christ is really God adding to us yeah. in that he's forming us into his image. Once again, like, God's always doing that in our individual lives and right. hopefully we're paying attention. Right. But it seems like, like on a corporate scale, God is really trying to add to us something in this moment. Doesn't it feel like that? Yes. I think that's the challenge. The challenge is, will we let the Lord have his way in our lives mm. in this? Mm. And, and it's a, it's a, you, you know, you're talking about like spiritual formation through difficulty. Okay. Um, it, it reminds me of um, uh, a man I worked for. His wife told me that uh, she grew up having whatever she wanted. She grew up um, being able to do whatever she wanted to do when she wanted to do it. And the only time that changed and the only time she couldn't get out of something she didn't like was when she was having a baby. She was in labor. She mm. was at the hospital. Mm. You know what she said, Andy? She said, I'm not doing this. Mm. Guess what? She did it. You are. Yeah. And, yep. and, and that is something that can happen is we can find ourselves in a place we would never choose to be. Right. For whatever reason. But at the end of the day, what does the Lord want to do in this? What 
this is painful enough that I want to learn every lesson from it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I love about the Lord is even in my walk of faith, it's never, it's never the, God's never inviting us to ignore the realities of life. Like this, right. this person that you know, she was trying to deny the reality of this impending that's labor right. pain that that's was right. And, and, and it was like, no, that's coming for you. There are things in life that are just going to happen. And, and faith isn't a formula for avoiding those things. Right. Faith right. and patience are the things that take us through these things into Christ likeness so that we can get to those promises fulfilled. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for, uh, the way life is in that, you know, we read in scriptures or in Hebrews, I think it's in chapter 13 where, you know, some folks did pass away before seeing the fulfillment of the promises, right? That's right. And I think there is a, an extent to that that is true for us all. You know, if Christ doesn't return before we go into the grave, right. there's an element of those promises that we're not going to see until the resurrection. Right. But I really do believe that God has given us each one individual promises that we are having faith for and enduring to mm -hmm. having patience toward and the the lord really does want to fulfill those things yeah. in this lifetime well you know francis frangipane's ministry has been built around one idea that christ wants to be formed in us mm -hmm. that's that's that will help your perspective what is the lord doing he wants me to be christ like that's right he wants me to have the fruit of the spirit. Of course, one of the fruit of the spirit uh, is 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 patience. Yeah. So um, so Christ likeness is that's kind of the we we kind of think because those are kind of like religious words. Exactly. Christ likeness. Yeah, yeah, it feels so like, far and distant and kind of strange. Right. But what we really mean by that is God is trying to make us like Him. That's right. That sounds crazy to say that. I know. But that's really the case, isn't it? I know. Man, that's, that's some goodness right there. Well, Robin, we have, we're closing in on 40 minutes here. We might need oh. to wrap this thing up. All right. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts about faith and patience or any concluding things you might want to add? Well, there, there is a psalm I would like to leave everyone with that I think would be really, really helpful. Cool. One of the, um, one of the uh, verses talks about feeding on God's faithfulness. Mm, I know uh, that verse. That's a good one. Yes, yeah, in Psalm 37. And when I feed on current political and uh, COVID and city events, yeah, nation, it doesn't feel that good. No. And so if you, I've said this before and Arthur Burt used to say it, if you want a thing to live, feed it. If you want a thing to die, starve it. Mm. So you feed in your faith, you feed in your fear. Which one are you going to starve? Mm. Which one are you going to feed? And, and reading in Psalm 37, it gives this, um, it gives this trail of benefit, which is trust, feed, delight, commit, trust again and rest. That's all in Psalm 37. And so I'm not going to get into all of that. It, you could teach on it for 20 minutes, but 
It says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's I like so the good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's so good. I am teaching it. Commit your ways to the Lord. Do it. Do it. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Mm. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. One of the things Donna was saying about impatience, being impatient does not make that thing you want to come to pass, come to pass. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. It only hurts you. And that's what he's saying. Um, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Anxiety and fretfulness only causes harm. Mm. Says. So Psalm 37 is a great way to close. Well, folks, why don't we just as a church, why don't we make it our aim to meditate on Psalm 37 this week. And if, yeah. if nothing, if you've got no other takeaway from anything that's been said this week, then what Robin just read, which I, the, the big one that I got was delight yourself in the Lord, yeah. delight yourself in the Lord. That I think that is mm. one of the great principles of enduring, you know, hard, hard seasons in life and really coming out with your heart intact with your your yeah. cup of joy yeah. still filled, it's your focus. Yeah, keeping you keeping your perspective on yeah. the right things and not feasting on dark headlines and really letting those things starve and yeah. feeding ourselves on yeah. the Lord. So, well, y'all have a good week. We will see you here again next week. Be blessed. Blessings, blessings. You've been listening to Queen City Sermon of the Week. For more information about this recording and other resources, go to queencity.church and follow us on Instagram for live services Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m.